My name is Greg Boyd. I'm the senior pastor here at Woodland Hills Church. Uh, and it's really good to see you here on this beautiful uh, fall weekend that we're experiencing. We're taking a little break from our study of the book of Luke. I know some of you are going through Lucan Luke, Luke withdrawal. Uh, I promise you we'll get back to it next week. But we wanted to take a break to revisit a topic that is central to our kingdom life, community life together. But once a year we do this, just to remind ourselves what it's about. And I'm talking about worship and praise. Like everything else in our life, if we're not careful, there's a sort of atrophy that takes place. And so once in a while you've got to remind yourself what you're doing and what, what, what it's about. And, and so we're taking two weeks off to talk about and practice worship last week and praise this week. Worship is where we romance God, enter into intimacy with God, gaze upon His beauty. And we talked about that last week. This week, I wanted to have a little sermonette on what praise is. Because in praise, we celebrate who God is. We celebrate His goodness and His attributes and all that He has done. So I want to entitle this message, Praise Him. And I'm going to read from Psalms 150. A praise Him psalm, if ever there was one. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His acts of power. Praise Him for His surpassing greatness. Praise Him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise Him with the harp and lyre. Praise Him with the timbrel and the dancing. Praise Him with the strings and pipe. Praise Him with the crash of cymbals. Praise Him with the resounding cymbals. My favorite verse right there. Everyone knows you cannot uh, really experience the depth of uh, the Spirit of God in, in celebration unless you got drums involved. Thank you very much. Let everything that has breath and everything that makes noise praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Lord, we just ask that during this next 20 minutes or so, God, you remind us about how important it is to celebrate who you are and what you have done. And God, even as I do that, I pray that a spirit of celebration would descend on us. And God, that you'd lift our spirits and draw us into the inner court to dance before you and pour ourselves out in celebratory praise of who you are and what you've done. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Okay, confession time. I, a couple days, did not want to be up here talking to you about this. I have had, well, to call it a rough week is a massive, massive understatement. Uh, it's been a brutal week, honestly. Uh, emotionally raw week kind of week where you feel like your emotions are sort of like an exposed nerve in your tooth and are just getting, it's just exposed, it's just on surface. Kind of week where you hear a certain song and you start crying. It's just kind of week that it almost feels like there's, there's a bomb that gets dropped into your lap and blows apart and your life is kind of shattered. Kind of week where the foundations that you rely on are shaken. Uh, it, it's, it's just a, a week that... Uh, you have very little to celebrate. It's raw. It's kind of week where you, you, you have to be very intentional and work hard at keeping at bay demonic forces of despair and hopelessness. Because it would be really easy to sink into a vortex of that. And you, you know what I'm talking about. We, we've been through that. And when you're in that spot, the kind of week I've had, and the dark spot that, that can create... The last thing you feel like doing is celebrating. In fact, when you're in that dark spot, uh, it feels hypocritical 
maybe shallow to celebrate. When you're in that dark spot, you see other people celebrating, you can have a judgment mechanism that comes on. All those Pollyanna Christians who just, life is happy, life is good, and you know how, how life sucks. And it looks like they're being shallow and, and, and artificial, and, and, and you just can't enter into that. So it, would, might, it might seem when you're in that dark spot. And there's a part of me this week as I'm thinking about this message, I think those who know what's going on, and I'm not at liberty to share uh, what went on this week, uh, but um, there's very few things as painful as, as watching a loved one in pain. You'd rather be there, there yourself, emotional pain. And it was that kind of week. And, and those who are in on that and understand what was going on, my small group and others, they, they would totally understand, anyone would understand if I wanted to take a week off. And just say, I'm missing up to it this week. That would have been understandable. But especially given that it's on celebration. Because how can you come up here and talk about authentically celebrating when you're coming off of a week like this? And it can feel artificial and hypocritical. But, but God really helped me do a reframe on this. And really sort of drove home to me the message that as I'm in this spot right now, this is the exact right time to talk to people about celebrating who God is. You see, the thinking that says you can't celebrate when life is going bad is a very carnal kind of thinking, very worldly, normal by worldly standards, but it's very carnal. In the world, you celebrate when things are going well, right? You throw a party because you're happy. Your circumstances are fortunate. You're happy because your marriage is nice and your kids are all turning out great. You're happy because your finances are doing well and, and you're happy because you got friends all around and there's things to celebrate. Nice things are happening. Uh, you know, the Vikings won a game. You won't be doing much of that celebrating this year, but last year uh, you had a couple games. You know, things to get happy about. Or maybe you're happy because you invested in a certain stock and it went through the ceiling and now you have a bunch of money. You won't be celebrating that much recently or in the future. But, but yeah, last year you could have celebrated that. But you celebrate when things are fortunate, when, when, when things are going well. And when they're not, you don't celebrate. In the world, the circumstances define your disposition. Your emotions define whether or not you're going to celebrate or not. In the world, it's, it's uh, up and down. But see... Praising God isn't about that. Praising God isn't about being happy with the, the circumstances of life. Praising God is about praising God. It's about celebrating who God is. And while life always changes, God never changes. And while life sometimes sucks, God never sucks. <laughs> while life can sometimes deal you some bad stuff, God is always good. While life can be very ugly, God is always beautiful. God is always lovely. God is always deserving of praise. The one thing you can stand on, the one thing you can count on, the one thing that will never change, the one shelter you've got in every storm, is God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who reveals the character of God. You can stand on that. In fact, especially in circumstances that are dark, it's so important. It's so important to run to the refuge and to... Get your eyes fixed upon the Lord. What often happens is that when the circumstances cave in and you get the bad report about your health or you lose the house or the finances are taking or, or whatever it is, we can easily let those circumstances define us. We're defined by our environment. And if you're defined by your environment, then you've got really nothing to bring to your environment. 
You're not going to be much good for anybody. You're just going to be a victim of your environment. But when we can have the maturity, and it is an act of maturity, to in the middle of the darkest situation set our eyes upon the Lord and remind ourselves of His greatness, remind ourselves of His power, and celebrate the fact that in the end He's victorious, even when we don't see how He could possibly be victorious, when we can have the maturity in the midst of the darkness to look to the light and celebrate the light, well, see, now, now the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. you got a strength. And now there can be an encouragement in your spirit. And now there can be a perspective that you get. There's something, you know, the, the bigger God is to you, the more manageable the problems are. When you're just defined by the problems, they're huge, they're unsolvable, they're despairing, they're hopeless. But when you can, in the midst of that, make the choice to celebrate who God is, because God isn't defined by the circumstances. His glory is forever and ever. His character is the same. And when we can hold on to that, it gives us a perspective on life's problems. In fact, it gives us a perspective on life itself. Because the truth is God is way bigger than your problems, and God is way bigger than your sorrows, and God is way bigger than life itself. Someone said, don't sweat the small stuff, and it's all small stuff. But you can only say that when you have a God that's bigger than all this stuff. And when we come before God, regardless of our situation and regardless of our emotions, and make the choice to, to pour ourselves out in celebrating who He is, it puts a perspective on everything. And it gives you now something. It doesn't make the problems go away. The kingdom is never about faking it. The kingdom is never about being in la-la land and pretending like life isn't warfare and pretending like things are all wonderful. There's no pretending in the kingdom. There's no faking it in the kingdom. There's no la-la-la-la-la in the kingdom. God only deals in the commodity of reality, and the reality is that we're in war, and war and war, you sometimes take big hits. So I'm not here to, make, to give little, little you know, frosting, on, you know, frost over the problems of life. No, no, they're big, and the ones I'm dealing with are big. But, but, but God is bigger than them. And so if you want to be realistic, be realistic, but include this in your reality check. God exists. God is good. God is loving. God is great. God is forever. And God wins in the end. And so you celebrate that somehow, some way, good will overcome evil and he'll be victorious. And it may not look like that on Good Friday, but you've got to remind yourself that Easter's coming. And, and, and he's the God who brings good out of evil and is sovereign. When you're in the darkness, all the more reason to make the choice to celebrate and pour yourselves out in, 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 in uh, considering and proclaiming the goodness of God. When you're in the middle of the darkness, it's all the more reason to celebrate because celebrating and praising God is a form of spiritual warfare. Do you know that? It's a form of spiritual warfare. Sometimes in the Old Testament when they go to battle, one of the most ridiculous things God ever did and it feels ridiculous when you're in the midst of a very dark situation to start singing and dancing before God. It seems ridiculous, but I'm going to encourage you to do just that. Because God put in the front of the army as they're going in to battle the Amalekites or Amorites or Hittites or Termites or whoever they were. They're going to battle them. In 2 Kings 20, and, and, and uh, yeah, I'm sure these termites were scratching their heads saying, what is going on here? Because on the front row, God said, I want to put the dancers. I want to put those dancers. With the banners and, and, and the people with the tambourines and I want to get the horns out there blowing really loud and you dance your way into battle. And maybe it was because the enemy would get so confused or they're laughing so hard or whatever, but God said, I'll give you the victory over that. And there's a principle there. 
When we, when we make the choice to believe and celebrate that God is bigger than the problems we're going through, even if the problems you're going through is that this is the last day you're going to live, because tonight you're going to die. That's a pretty big problem, but it's small compared to who God is. And when you make the choice to, to, to celebrate and praise God, you are doing warfare. Now, it's not that everything in our life, every problem in our life comes from a demon or, or something like that. We're pretty good at screwing up our own stuff. But there's always forces of darkness that are working on some level, if only to bring discouragement into you, so that you interpret those negative circumstances in the most cynical, negative kind of way. There are forces of darkness trying to bring you down and into the ground and get you defined by your situation, rather than getting you to get above your situation and and praise God, who's bigger than your situation. There's always forces of darkness. But when you can remind yourself of who God is and of His greatness and of His sovereignty and how He can turn all things around and He works all things after the counsel of His own will and He sometimes can, He somehow can bring good out of evil. When you remind yourself of that and begin to celebrate the victory ahead of time even though you have no clue how you can possibly be victorious, you are doing spiritual warfare. You're pushing back on the forces that are trying to erode your spirit. Do spiritual warfare in the midst of the darkness and you do it by proclaiming victory and looking to God running to the rock and standing on the rock the one solid thing in life when life is a storm and maybe you're here today and 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 you know you don't have any problems that's wonderful your life is peachy keen hallelujah everything's just great your marriage is great and your kids are great and finances and, and everything and, and 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 the vikings are going to win today oh wonderful hallelujah so maybe you don't need spiritual warfare but you know what you have a responsibility to enter into praise first of all because god is always deserving of it But second of all, because the person across the aisle really needs some warfare. And so when we celebrate before God, we're doing warfare, not just for our own sake, but for the sake of others. This is the value of coming together. And on occasion, we worship God in tenderness, but sometimes we rock the house. And and that's warfare on behalf of the brothers and sisters who are here this morning or who will be listening through through, uh, podcasting or watching on television. And we do warfare on their behalf. It's part of the body of Christ coming together. And sometimes you're so low, maybe you're too weak to lift your hands or clap your hands. Moses was like that once. His arms got tired of being raised. But there's brothers and sisters who come around them and lift up their arms. And sometimes you just, sometimes honestly, you just don't have the energy to, to really to enter in. You're just low. But as other people start praising God, I'm telling you, I experienced this first service. I'm just feeling flat and just, you know, come on, it's been a week like that. But as as you hear the celebration and the Spirit of God begins to come down, something begins to be encouraged in your spirit. And the joy of the Lord begins to be rekindled. And it begins to pull you up out of the quicksand. And before you know it, you're on your feet. And before you know it, you're dancing before God. And I'm in, a, I'm in a totally different mood now than I was at 7.30 this morning or 3.30 this morning. And see, this isn't about, you know, three ways to feel happier about your day or some stupidity like that. But see, it's, it's this, is that when the joy of the Lord is your strength, now I have a little bit more power and a better perspective to bring to the situation. Precisely because I'm not defined by the situation. I don't have any solutions. Sometimes there aren't any solutions. I don't know, but I have a faith and a confidence. And the celebration of God's people brought me to a place where there's an encouragement in my spirit and a peace in my spirit and even a weird joy in my spirit knowing that somehow, some way, it's going to turn out okay. I don't know how, don't know when, don't have any clue about that. But see, now I'm, I'm some good to somebody precisely because I'm not being defined by the situation. So it's warfare. 
We owe it to one another and to God to enter into praise. Now, let me say a few things about the mechanics of it, and then we're going to do this. When we come together, we usually use music. Music is a tool to worship and praise God. You don't have to use music. In fact, I encourage us to be a people who worship and praise God all the time, whether there's music on or not. One of the things we need to break down is the compartmentalization of our life. Celebrating God and worshiping God should not be a sort of break from the normal, the exception to the normal. Like, we go about our secular lives and now we take a break to worship God and praise God and whatever. No, no, no. What we want to be is a people who aspire to integrate praising and worshiping God into our everyday life so it becomes our new normal. And I encourage you to be a people who, who throughout the day can, can, can utter words of praise and, and thanksgiving and, and you find things to be thankful for and you, th- you find things to, to, to celebrate and thank God for. A person who's conditioned their mind and their spirit to be giving thanks for all things is a person who is going to be far more free of negativity and cynicism than the person who hasn't, who takes everything for granted and, and worships God on the weekends as an exception. Yeah. Now, see, uh, we're to integrate praise and worship into everything. But there's such a value to come together in our small groups and to come together on a weekend event. And together we worship God and together we celebrate. And when we do that, we often use music. Music is a great gift that God's given to us. It's a tool. Music impacts us in different ways. When we're worshiping God, that's more about intimacy. We're romancing God. And so we use mellow music. And... um, uh, sweet music because it melts the heart in different ways. It makes us more pliable, and that's a God gift. It's really no different than, than like, if there's somebody here who's thinking about proposing to that special girl. Uh, I, if you're smart, you're not going to time it in the middle of a Van Halen concert. That kind of music. And maybe I'm just too old. Maybe these days you do. But I'm telling you. My advice is, is, you know, that's not the kind of music you want. Uh, go someplace where they're playing nice, mellow, romantic, classical music because it just creates an ambiance that's more conducive to intimacy and you have a better, much better chance that she's going to say yes. All right, there's this. Be smart. So we worship God with music that melts the heart. But then when we celebrate, well, that's different. You usually don't celebrate necessarily with the mellow, classical music. Maybe you can. There's no rules about this. But you tend to celebrate more with music that impacts you in different ways, that, that, that is a little more upbeat, it has got a little more rhythm to it, it's got a little more symbols in it, it's got a little more volume to it. And, and you rock the house with that, and that just is conducive. Now, it's not about the music, it's about the God that we're celebrating through the music. The music is a tool. And so we tend to use music like this. Now, having mentioned the topic of music, let me say this. The kingdom is about diversity because the Bible says that when the kingdom fully comes, there'll be people from every nation and every tribe bringing their glory to the throne. Yes. The Bible refers to it as the glory of each nation. The particular way they worship God, the particular way that they do life and relate, all of that is part of the beautiful mosaic of the kingdom of God. And since our job as kingdom people is to pull down as much of a slice of heaven now as can be so people can see a preview of what it's going to be like, and be drawn into its beauty, we strive for diversity now, including in our music. And we're not where we want to be. We want to keep going forward on this, but you know, there's, there's limitations in various ways, but we strive for this. Which means that probably on any given weekend, you won't be getting everything that you want. And if you are getting everything you want, come back next week and you won't probably get anything of what you want. 
we all have our little preferences, the kind of music that we like, you know, our cultural preferences and our age preferences uh, based on what we're used to. And of course, in America, we think we always get it our way and we can choose to get it our way. And if we don't like it, we just leave or we just stay away altogether. But see, I encourage you to be kingdom people who go out of your way and stretch yourself to try to appreciate styles of music that maybe don't come natural to you. Because if, even if it grates on you, someone else is getting their socks blessed off by it. And, and it's part of the body for you to stretch and, and enter into that. I know some of it maybe is too loud and some of it maybe is too soft and some of it's too fast and some of it's too slow and some of it you can't find the downbeat for your life, especially if you're a little bit rhythmically challenged, but we won't point fingers at anybody. But you, you see, there's a beauty in the diversity. So I, even if you're having trouble keeping up with the words and following along, I encourage you to pour your whole self into it and, and use it as a vehicle to celebrate who God is as part of the body of, of uh, Christ. It's a form of spiritual warfare. Some of the diversity that you find in music has to do with lyrics. Um, you know, different cultures celebrate different things, I'm finding, and they use different language to do it. And if you're not careful, you'll find that sometimes you can judge a song based on your own sort of cultural myopic perspective. And now you lose the chance of being blessed by the song. Well, that's not proper English. How come they can't get the grammar right on the song? Why do they have to say it that way? Isn't that just kind of corny? Isn't that kind of just cheesy? Uh, or you start having cultural judgments. So a person some time ago wrote me in. They had a problem with the song, uh, the song we sing sometimes. Uh, he, he was saying, how come you have to have you know, shallow songs? Uh, they're just kind of cheesy songs. And he, he cited this song where we go, He woke me up this morning, started me on my way, put food on the table, put joy in my day. He says it sounds like a cereal commercial. And it does kind of, doesn't it? He woke me up this morning, started me on my way, put food on my table, joy in my day. Wonderful is his name. We sing that song sometimes. And this person thought it's like so boppy boppy. Why can't we get those deep songs, uh, traditional songs? And I like those too. But my response to the guy, and I always try to be as, as loving as I, and gracious as I can. <laughs> you idiot! <laughs> no, no. No, but it's like, okay, I understand your problem, but look, look at it. Maybe you're, well, apparently you're a person who's always had food on the table. Because if you had, hadn't had food on the table for a while, you'd be very thankful that God put food on your table. And you'd be praising God for that. And a lot of people who don't always have food on the table. And maybe you've never been bedridden for a long period of time or not known somebody who can't get out of bed at all because if you had, you'd be thanking God for the fact that you got out of bed this morning and that He started you on your way. And what maybe can look from a certain cultural, particular perspective as a, as a bebop, sort of shallow, happy song, if you get into it and start thinking about it, it's a profound song. Because it's profound to realize that every bite of food you take is a gift from God. Every step you take is a gift from God. Every breath of air you breathe is a gift from God. That's not cheesy and shallow. That's profound. That's mature. To be grateful over the small stuff, the stuff we tend to take for granted. But see, we won't enter into that if we're operating out of our cultural judgments. And so to really, as the body of Christ, enter into worship and praise, we've got to collapse all of our cultural judgments. And realize that maybe what is not rubbing you just right is bullseye for somebody else. And so for their sake, enter into it and celebrate and do warfare on their behalf. It's about lifting up our God. The music is just a tool to that end. The diversity is part of what the body of Christ has called it to, to, to be. Final thing I'll say is this. 
The most important ingredient in praise, as it is with worship, is that we do it with passion. In praise and in worship, we ascribe worth to God by how much of ourselves in the moment we're putting into it. We're saying, God, you are worth all of me right here and right now. And so it's about passion. It's not a sing-along. It's, a, it's about investing our, all of our being into celebrating who God is. Now, sometimes in Western culture, we have this weird idea. It's really crazy. It's not biblical. And now we've learned in the last 20 years, it's not even neurologically sound. Uh, but we have this idea that you can separate your emotions from your physical actions. wrong old. We have this idea, you know, sometimes in, in church, and someone came up with this rule that you're supposed to be dignified in church and proper in church and reserved in church. <laughs> That's what I say about you. That's how proper you need to be. Uh, you know, so, so we have these things like, let us give thanks and celebrate the Lord our God in our hearts. <laughs> and before God, let us rejoice in our hearts. Well, what about your hands? What about your mouth? What about your feet? They were made to give God praise. And, I, and, and, and whoever came up with that rule, that you can't use your body to express praise to God, well, they have unsurpassable worth. That's... They ought to be spanked or something. I don't know. Hey, now look at that. That's just, you guys, we are holistic beings. And so to put our whole self into worship is to put our whole self into worship. And you're not just some kind of a little heart inside of a carcass. No, you are mind, body, and spirit. That's part of who you are. And what you do with your body affects your heart. And what you do with your heart affects your body. So get into it. Now, now there's no spiritual points given for somebody who's more extroverted as opposed to someone who's introverted. There's no point system at all. Forget about that. I'm just saying, give yourself permission to be real and express what is real. And the Bible says, clap your hands, that's a good thing. Raise your hands, that's a good thing. The Bible says several times you can dance before God, that's a good thing. And just to put your whole self into it and celebrate. I don't get how come. You know, people can go to clubs and they can dance their brains up, but when they come to church, they got to sit on their butts. What is with that? Or they can go to football games and, and, and scream their heads off, but when they come to church, all of a sudden, they rejoice in their heart. No, 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 no. Here's where the rowdiness ought to be. Here's where the celebration ought to be. Because we got, you know, the Lord God. He's worth celebrating. He's the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. You got that right. You got that right. You got that right. And so, put your whole self into it. And maybe you're sitting there, and out of your cultural judgment, you're thinking that person next to you is having a spaz attack, and it's embarrassing. <laughs> well, you know what? You're not supposed to be looking at them anyway, so get over it. <laughs> and maybe you can learn something from them as you are so reserved and knotted up. Maybe, you know, they're just getting their socks blessed off, and maybe you ought to, you know, get a little of that. Hope that's contagious. I'll have what she's having. Thank you very much. And, um, you know, don't be socially inappropriate where you're running around bumping into people or, you know, sticking somebody with a flag. You know, that's... Uh, no, you, you know, we don't want to draw attention to ourselves, but, but in a context that's socially appropriate, you can get out in the aisles, you can come down here, and you just be free. Be free. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free, and you shall sing the truth, and the truth shall set you free, and you shall celebrate the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And the truth is that however dark the situation may be, the truth is that God is still God, and God is still good, and God is still sovereign, and God is still loving, and God is still worth celebrating in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'd like to ask the worship team to come forward. Come on up, you guys. And here's what we're going to do. We're, we're going to start with just sort of a reflective song as we take up an offering, and that's an act of worship and celebration. 
as we acknowledge that everything we have comes from God, and so He leads us and directs us in how we steward it and how we invest it. Just obey God on that. And then Norm will lead us into a sustained time of celebration. And I encourage you to set aside the problems, set aside the issues, whatever else is going on. They'll still be there afterwards, don't worry, they're not going to run away. But right now, just say, God, you are bigger than the problems, bigger than the situations, bigger than everything else that's going on, bigger than life itself, and I celebrate you now, and I'll celebrate you throughout eternity. So, Lord, we just pray that your sovereign spirit of joy would descend on this place and lift our hearts and lift our spirits, lift our eyes to be toward you. God, be our rock, be our fortress, be our refuge. Help us, Lord God, to have that confidence and the joy unspeakable and the peace that passes all understanding, knowing that you are our Lord God, knowing that we can run to you, Lord, knowing that you're always there, knowing that you're always good, knowing that you'll always be God, and we will forever be your children. In Jesus' name, amen.